Buenos dias from BA. This is a Rorschach Venezuela update from the 1st of June 2023, a quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On Monday the 29th, Maduro touched down in Brazil to join the meeting that Brazilian President Lula da Silva organized for South American leaders. Da Silva welcomed Maduro at the airport, a moment that several media outlets consider, quote, historic, unquote, due to the fact that Maduro had not traveled to Brazil since 2015, when he attended the inauguration of former President Dilma Rousseff. Throughout the meeting, both leaders discussed normalizing relations, reopening embassies and addressing topics such as trade, culture and science. Additionally, Maduro also offered electricity supply to Brazil, seemingly oblivious to the fact that Venezuela has been plagued by persistent blackouts the last 10 years. But it doesn't end there. On the same day, Da Silva claimed that political adversaries are constructing a narrative of authoritarianism in Venezuela. He found it inexplicable that Venezuela faces over 900 sanctions, quote, just because another country doesn't like it, unquote, referring to the United States sanctions. However, on Tuesday the 30th, the human rights organization Provea did not remain silent and expressed their discontent. They issued a statement countering Da Silva's remarks, asserting that the situation is not a made-up narrative, but rather a result of a systematic plan against the civilian and dissenting population. The organization demanded respect for all victims of crimes against humanity who deserve justice and reparations that the, quote, Venezuelan state fails to provide, unquote. Meeting after meeting. On Tuesday the 30th, the Argentine president, Alberto Fernández, also met with Maduro in Brazil. Fernández urged Maduro to ensure that Venezuela regains its representation in international forums and mechanisms, particularly in the Inter-American Commission on Human Rights. Furthermore, Fernández asked that the ruling party and the Venezuelan opposition collaborate and agree on a roadmap to address the guarantees necessary for the electoral process in 2024. He also emphasized the importance of lifting the US economic sanctions imposed against the Chavista regime. Now let's talk about what happened during a controversial meeting between presidents. On Tuesday the 30th, during the 2023 South American summit, the president of Uruguay, Luis Lacalle Pou and his Chilean counterpart, Gabriel Boric, raised concerns about human rights in Venezuela and stressed the importance of upholding democracy and respecting human rights. In response, President Maduro expressed his willingness to engage in debates about his country. He firmly rejected interventionism and called for unity in South America, urging leaders to put aside differences. Speaking of Chile, on Thursday the 25th, the country appointed Jaime Gasmuri as the new ambassador to Venezuela, filling a five-year vacant position. The Chilean Ministry of Foreign Affairs stated that the aim of this appointment is to normalize diplomatic relations between both countries amidst the ongoing migration crisis in Venezuela. 
former President Piñera made the decision not to appoint an ambassador to Caracas after the 2018 elections, as he recognized the interim government of Guaidó at that time. In more international news, on Friday the 26th, Venezuela called for the resumption of negotiations on Esequibo with Guyana. In commemoration of Guyana's 57 years of independence, the Venezuelan government extended its congratulations. Moreover, Venezuela reiterated its, quote, cordial invitation, unquote, to Guyana to actively resume the path of political negotiation regarding the dispute over the territory of the Esequibo region. This invitation is in accordance with the provisions outlined in the Geneva Agreement of February 17, 1966, which establishes guidelines for managing conflicts and aims to mitigate their consequences. Moving on, on Friday the 26th, the Venezuelan opposition approved a list of 80 cities in 31 countries where Venezuelans residing abroad will have the opportunity to take part in the opposition elections. To participate, individuals must ensure their personal information is updated and register in the electoral registry. These primaries will play a crucial role in determining the candidate who will stand against the Chavismo in the upcoming presidential elections of 2024. Speaking of the elections, let's talk about what happened to one of their candidates last week. On Monday the 29th, Enrique Capriles Radonsky, the candidate of the political party Primera Justicia in the opposition elections, denounced that alleged workers of the Miranda governorate harassed him in his visit to the Guaycaipuro municipality. Videos shared on his social media show how groups of Chavista followers insulted and pushed him while he was attempting to engage with residents of the El Cují sector in the El Nacional neighborhood. One of the attackers was even seen carrying a machete. Despite facing insults and threats, Capriles continued his community tour. From the opposition leaders to Chavismo supporters. In an unusual and viral news story, on Saturday the 27th, the Chavista mayor of Vargas, José Manuel Suárez, ordered the arrest of a woman for selling the refrigerator she had received as a gift from Maduro's regime. Moreover, he publicly exposed the woman in a video on social media, but he later deleted it due to the backlash it caused. On Tuesday the 30th, the Communist Party of Venezuela, or PCV, denounced the arrest of Franklin González, a prominent leader within their organization and a supporter of Chavismo. The Apure police detained González while he was attempting to recover animals that had been illegally taken. The PCB described the arrest as arbitrary and demanded immediate release of González. Speaking of arrests, on Saturday the 27th, the Bolivarian National Guard, or GNB, arrested Jessica Teran, the director of the Rodeo 3 judicial internment in the Miranda State, along with the prison's deputy director. 
This arrest followed an inspection conducted by the GNB in response to orders from Celsa Bautista, the Minister of Penitentiary Service. During the inspection, the authorities discovered more than 300 grams of cocaine and 300 grams of marijuana within the facility. Bautista took to social media to announce the appointment of Oscar Briseño as the new director of the institution. In other news, on Wednesday the 31st, heavy rains, resulting from the 65 tropical waves, left more than 120 families in two states homeless. In the state of Táchira, near the border with Colombia, River overflows and landslides rendered at least 100 families homeless. Additionally, around 20 families in the state of Cojedes were affected as well. To mitigate the impact of the rainfall-induced disasters nationwide, authorities have deployed over 16,000 officials. As of now, three fatalities have been reported. But the tragedies don't end there. On Saturday the 27th, an accident occurred at the José Tadeo Monagas International Airport in the state of Monagas, resulting in the loss of lives of two individuals after a plane belonging to a pilot school crashed. The victims identified as Dagoberto Valdez, a flight instructor, and York Alejandro Romero, a student, tragically lost their lives while performing a maneuver in the air. Currently, the authorities are actively investigating the incident. In better news, on Friday the 26th, the state of Amazonas released 20,000 hatchlings of Arau turtles as part of a conservation plan. A team from the Ministry of Eco-Socialism, led by Governor Miguel Rodriguez of Amazonas, facilitated the release event, taking the turtles to Isla de Cuba, a wildlife refuge. The ministry explained that their conservation efforts have resulted in the reproduction of Arau turtles in shelters, where they grow to a size that ensures their survival against potential natural predators. Once they reach this size, the turtles are returned to their natural habitats. The species faces danger due to the illegal trafficking of their meat and shells. More good news. On Saturday the 27th, Juan Vicente Pérez Mora, the world's oldest man, celebrated his 114th birthday in Táchira, Venezuela. The governor, Freddy Bernal, shared a video on Twitter showing Pérez Mora's joyful celebration. Maduro expressed his pride and the Guinness World Records congratulated Pérez Mora. In sports, on Saturday the 27th, Andrés Madera, a Venezuelan karateka, claimed the title of the Pan-American Karate Champion for the third consecutive time at the tournament held in Costa Rica. The Venezuelan team also excelled, earning gold and bronze medals in the team competition. Madera's victory secured him his fourth Pan-American gold medal and ensured his participation in the October 2023 Santiago Games. And that's it for this week. You may not know it, but we do updates for some other countries too. 
If you know anybody who might be interested, let them know. Ready? Here they are. West to East, Argentina, Spain, Nigeria, Poland, Serbia, Turkey, Malawi, Ethiopia, Georgia and Japan. Think of anybody? Hasta la próxima!